Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Hello dear listeners, welcome to a festive something for the weekend, the week before Christmas. Joining me is our very own Santa Claus, it's Mr Neil Fissler, how are you Neil? Cheer up you miserable bastards, it's Christmas! <laughs> I was going to call our very own Jeremy Clarkson, but that might be going too far. Um, good to have you on the show mate, as ever. Um, we're yeah, just saying off it. Mark will yeah, have I, so... <laughs> <laughs> You don't, you don't seem to be fixated on Meghan Markle, but we're, I'm sure there's a whole show yet to go, so we'll see. Um, anyway, we were just saying off air, Neil, it's a busy week ahead of us. We're recording this on Friday the 23rd, listeners, so Christmas Eve tomorrow, then Boxing Day is the Mill uh, away game at Watford. And then, well, if you include that one, three busy games, three big games in seven days, Neil. Bristol City on the Thursday night and Sunday's New Year's Day game at home to Rotherham. Um, there's a big nine points ahead of us, and we're we're set fair. If only we can start to, you know, get a bit of momentum in the season, get get something going again. That's what we seem to be um, needing to do all season long. But we need to get some, you know, some wind in our sails and get the season ignited again. Yeah, to be honest, what we've got three games in six days, and yeah, I don't think we've had three games in six weeks, have we? So... No. No, so, no. It is a crucial time of the year. It is because you always look at the table going into Christmas and New Year and you think, yeah, we're well set. But I think that Gary Rowett pointed out on on London News Online in his roundabout sort of managerial speak, nobody understands type <laughs> way. But, yeah, that this year it is very tight up there. And I think it's I think it's tight, and it's been for a little while. You normally have one or two clubs that drift away at the bottom of the table, don't you? And then you've yeah. like got third bottom up to mid table. There's a few points, but but I think we're five points off QPR, and we're probably about I, you know, I don't know. I think are we about eight nine points off the bottom? The you know the bottom three maybe ten twelve uh, points. Yeah, because yeah, you can 
Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah. Well, there we are. We're in tenth as we record this, listeners. Thirty-two points, and I think that's the gist of, of Gary Rowett's piece. I'm just looking at the same piece on, on Richard Corley on the London News. He's making the point that it, in general, in recent times, you get a top two in this league in the championship who tend to pull away. And we're looking at the moment, Burnley, top of the table, 47 points, Sheffield United. I think they won last night um, on 44. And then I think he's making the point, which I think is a fair point, and we are included in this kind of fairly large, widespread group of teams, probably all the way down now to include West Brom, Stoke City, 29 points, and they're in 17th, 16th, 17th. Arguably, even Bristol City could be saying they're only a few points behind the playoff zone, Neil. Um, they're on 27 points, our opponents on on the Thursday night. So um, it's it's wide open. And, you know, when you, when you look at the course of the season, and I was just looking before we... Uh, Neil and I spoke, listeners. Um, it's been a strange season because we we've, we seem to have moved in phases. We've either had periods where we can't barely get a goal, barely get a win, a lot of losses, and then we'll get some good form, three or four wins strung together, and you know things have improved. We need to refine that phase of play, that that phase of form where we we get some results fundamentally. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is the week that we can start. We've got a tough game on Boxing Day. Watford are in fourth position. Um, and they'd be one of the, make, Matt Rowett makes the point, Neil, that um, there's normally spaces available in the top six for the non-parachute money teams. And Watford will be one of the parachute money sides that they've, they've come down from the Premier League with with big bucks to uh, to build a squad and who knows what they'll do to reinforce in in January, so it's a it's a big game actually at the Vicarage Road on on Boxing Day, lot at stake. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did well. I think we well we absolutely mullered them at home, didn't we? Three 0 yeah, three 0 Season Tim Bradshaw got a hat trick. So yeah, yeah, I believe that was the game. It was it was a good good uh, a good performance and a good win over a decent side. So they won't be as bad as that on Boxing Day. I think that's for no, sure. they're not. They're going to have a home. They're going to have a home crowd behind them. Yeah, uh, you'd have thought that they've got quite a decent squad. Yeah, they've got players that they could probably flog for more than our entire squad. Have well, they got yeah, are playing for them. Who, who always seems to be highly rated. And actually, it's a place that we go to, and we don't do very well at. I, I think I can only think of us winning there once, and that was in the. I'm, I'm willing to be corrected. And that was probably in the game where Neil Harris scored his famous goal many moons ago, or well, not so many moons ago. It is a strange old place. I, mean, I think you're right. I can't think of many. That was the one when you when you mentioned that. That was the first result that leapt into my mind. I, I can't think of many decent results we've had at Watford. I can't quite analyse why. It's not a particularly intimidating place. It's, it's a bit like Crystal Palace in, in many respects. Um, but I think the the problem we've had in recent years is that they've they've done well to build themselves into a, a kind of a Premier League shuttle side with the, the the benefit of these the parachute payments that Gary Rowett is is, is mentioning, um, and they, they've 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 bought and sold well, and they they do have a decent squad at the moment, and I think that it's going to be a tough game. They're, they're not unbeatable. Uh, they've only they've won ten, they've lost six, so they're not unbeatable, but. It's a big game. We we need to, at least at the minimum, avoid defeat. And if we can nick a result there, it could really set us 
set us ablaze for the for the week for this big week that we've got ahead. So um, I think I read twelve hundred are making the journey up there on a pretty tough kickoff. Twelve o'clock on Boxing Day, Neil. Um, hats off to those that have that are going to that. Well, I, I don't think I'll be able to make it, but um, hats off to those that are going. Yeah, funnily enough, I've just had a look now. That game, the Harris game, I think was the four one. That was in. Mm. That was New Year's Day in 2002, Christ almighty. A long time. while ago now, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think our last win that I can see yeah. was probably in 2006, March, 25th of March 2006. Yeah. So that's, what, 14 years ago. And that was a game where I think Carla Saba scored and Ben May. Wow, there's some names in the past there. Wow. Um, yeah. And we had Colin Cameron playing for the side. It was Marshall, Paul Robinson, Jamie Vincent, Colin Cameron, Zach Whitbread. Remember him? Mm, yeah, a good uh, player. Yeah. Matt Lawrence. Yeah, my mate Alan Dunn. Yeah. Martin Elliott, Carla Saba, Gary Hales, Dave Livermore. Substitutes were Ben May and uh, Marvin Williams. Different era. It's wonderful to hear those names, but it does seem like a long time ago now that you say that. Um, and it is 20-odd years ago since that, that famous famous result. I'm just looking at the current um, Watford, um, the, the, the officials. I mean, that's managed by Slaven Bilic, Neil. He's a very, very experienced manager internationally and in the Premier League. Um, and they've got the likes of uh, Julian Dix as assistant manager there. Some, um, I think they might be Croatians, Butarovic, Rakuna, uh, and even our own dear uh, Richard Shaw is uh, their under 23 assistant coach. So, you know, they, they've, they've got experience in depth all the way through, and they must be expecting to be contenders for that those top two slots because a win over us will bring the top two closer to them. No one really wants to get involved in the lottery of playoff football, although we give our right arm for it. But they would have ideas that they should, could be top two material. So we're up against it on, on Boxing Day, but uh, 1,200 are travelling and uh, we know that we'll, we'll give them maximum support. We just really want to see a performance out of Millwall, Neil. It's been a bit of a flat restart recently, isn't it? With, yeah. For one reason or another. Yeah, fair play to everybody that's going up there. <laughs> It's not going to be easy getting now. I don't think there are trains uh, for whatever reason. Uh, strikes no. people that are supposed to be fixing the tracks. Yeah, <laughs> and there are never normally any trains on Boxing Day anyway. And they've made so- it an early start. I, I presume that's to stop people getting on the source and causing trouble, as they would see it. It makes it a bit unfriendly. I, I would have gone, but. I just can't see me making it to Watford for, well, you know, 12 o'clock kickoff. You've got to be there by 11.30. And it's just a bit of a brutal start to a Boxing Day morning now, isn't it, after after Christmas Day? so You probably don't get up early these days. No, you don't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the time you have your tea and toast and your potter around a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a cut. I'm not rising to this, listeners. I'm not rising to this. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's a it's an unfriendly start, but they're doing no, it is an unfriendly start. It's they totally, do it on purpose, don't they? Yeah, but it's know. a vicious start time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it is after Christmas Day, where you might be up late enjoying yourself, family, and you know, might have had a few number of tickets. So we've only not sold a few hundred tickets, and. Oh. Uh, 
It is a vicious start time. It's difficult to get to. I, yeah, well, I know apparently the tube is running, so, but that's a... That's a yeah. long tube journey, yeah, because it stops everywhere, doesn't it, to get out to Watford? But it's... Yeah, that's a I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a walk from the yeah from the tube station from memory. It's just a, it's it's just a yeah. But let's face it, we are a London club, but a lot of our support doesn't actually live in London. It oh, lives, no. it's scattered all over, and in, and the majority have to get a train into London, and yeah. Yeah, no trains. It just makes it doubly difficult. So fair play to anybody that's going. You have my undying admiration. I think when I lived in London many moons ago, I'd have probably moved heaven and earth to get there. God knows why, but it, it <laughs> yeah, but we is... do need a decent performance. And yeah, funnily enough, these are the games we tend to get up for a little bit more, don't we? We tend to yeah. If there's a bit of an atmosphere in there, I know atmosphere and Watford probably don't go. Well, in the same sentence, do they? <laughs> yeah, well, certainly I've never been there, and it's been atmosphere, no. apart from the atmosphere that Millwall creates. It's a funny club, Watford. It's, it's not. I don't find them dislikable. It's not like, say, Crystal Palace, where I don't really like them. You know, I, I, they, they're neither. They, they've got a touch of the. They're like a more improved, um, wealthier version of Cholton in a sense, in that they don't really make a mark on your psyche, do they? They're, they're just there, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah. they've had more success in recent times than Cholton. Um, different... Yeah, they're an insignificant club, aren't they? I think is probably the best way of describing them. I they're think that's more... a good choice of words. Um... Yeah, clubs. Yeah, they're a bit like Brentford, aren't they? They're one of those clubs that are there, but you don't. But you don't really worry about them, do you? <laughs> you don't think about them. No, no, that's right. They're not on the Millwall radar. Um, I'm just looking at the injury list. Apparently, Benicophobe and Ryan Leonard both resume light training. Whether they'll feature Boxing Day, I doubt. But anyway, they're uh, and yeah, and no. and Callum Styles and also light training. Um, otherwise, it's going to be the, the the kind of basic squad that we've we've seen in recent times. I I, I just really hope that we can. Get some flowing play going again. We, it's been a stop-start season with bitty bits here and there, and then obviously we had that postponement at Luton, which would have been nice to, uh, again, another unfriendly pitched uh, <laughs> kickoff time. But anyway, it got postponed. Um, but it'd be nice just to start getting getting some momentum going again. We we had it going into the into the World Cup break, and it's I just want to search for it, and get it back again. So, um, well done. Everybody that's travelling up there. Um, one bright spot, we mentioned him every show, and it was Zian Fleming. Um, he's, in the, uh, he's scored nine goals. It's his joint top of the championship scoring charts. He's really doing... I mean, he, he came here to boost his career. He really is boosting his, his CV from the, the both our point of view, but also as a prospective um, you know, target for other clubs going forwards. To, to score nine goals in the championship is no mean feat. So... He'll be looking to keep on on that role going ahead. Yeah, he's undoubtedly he's uh, he's caught the eye some scouts. Actually, something I wanted to go back on uh, mm. when we yeah when you mentioned injuries, I was reading in a piece of I think it was Richard Corley did it earlier in the week that we've had a that we've had a lot of players suffering from tight calf muscles because apparently we've been training at the den right. and uh, and 
and they've been struggling with the firm surface there, which makes you wonder what we're actually training on down at Claremont Road. And if that's got something to do with... Well, if that's got something to do with all the injuries we play, so maybe the quicker they build that training ground... The better, yeah. Silverstone way, the better. But coming back to Zion Fleming, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's like Jed Wallace, but with steroids, isn't he? He's, uh, he's really boosted us, and uh, he's, yeah, he's some yeah, signing and a signing. He's been it. It just it reinforces the notion. I don't know if you're going to come on to this uh, that there are bargains abroad. You do your homework well, and you come out. Yeah, you can pick up this kind of player, the kind of player that he's come to England and. He's and 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 he's making a tremendous, tremendous Made a real impact. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was I was looking at news at Den um, on that very point. There's a, a piece on there. Um, I mean, in, in a nutshell, uh, questioning, um, speculating whether Mill were looking abroad for more signings. And there's a quote here from Gary Rowe mentioning Zian Fleming and, and uh, Vogelsammer. Um, and the way that they've been brought up in a different way tactically and the way they approach training. I, I take that to mean, Neil, that they they have a, an intelligence to their training regime that helps to pro, you know, promote their career because that's kind of reading between the lines a little bit. He's not said that directly, but that's kind of the implication. Um, but it's, it, there is a kind of um, uh, a sense that we will carry on looking for good bargain players abroad. And I'm, I'm all for that. I mean... You know, these certainly Zian has been the most outstanding success, and we've yet to see really the best of Vogel Summer. But as we keep saying on this show, now he's not really being played in his correct position at the moment, is he? So I'm hoping we start to see some benefit from from him at some stage in this next phase of the season. Um, and yeah, love to see more more players coming in. It's um, it's heartening to read this. I think they're players at different ends of their career, though, aren't they? They're different. Yeah. Your Vogel Sammer was somebody that can come in and do a job. Yeah, probably because he was, yeah, but let's face it, he was probably a lot cheaper than what we can find in this country. Mm. Uh, so it suited the budget. But Fleming is at the other end of the scale. Fleming's the kind of player that will come in and we can add value to and we can sell on. Yeah. Vogel Sammer, I should imagine. He's one of those people. I think we only signed him on a one-year contract with an option. He's thirty something, thirty. I don't know. I don't know what he's. He's a plus thirty. I think. Yeah. So you're not going to be. So you're not going to be selling him for fifteen, twenty million quid after a year, are you? No. Uh, so I think it's a different type of signing, but it, but it's actually good. And we've said before. Uh, did Jake Cooper the other weeks mention? They're uh, the standards of Zion, and um, I think he's uh, mentioned the fact that they they set high standards for themselves, yeah. and that must be. I mean, Zion has come through the Ajax system, which is renowned in the in the game, and I think a lot of that is emphasising your own responsibility to yourself without getting too um, self help book ish, you know. Um, and I think foreign players often have this approach, don't they? That they yeah, there are. Well, yeah, they have a work ethic where they want to improve themselves technically. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. Well, I don't know what the Millwall training regime is like, but but I should imagine it's not far off. They get there at nine o'clock in the morning, have a bit of breakfast. Yeah, train at ten, 
looking to do the off about 11 30 12 ish i reckon yeah. <laughs> which is traditional isn't it that's the british yeah. way as it has been betting yeah. shop after one o'clock you know as, as, yeah. as it would have been in, in the you've 70s you've probably got but, some of these lads that will stay on and they'll do a little bit of technical work after the training and they'll do this that and the other I think and, Jake mentioned that. I think he, I think it was it was mentioned with a sense of wonder that Zian was working on his free kick techniques and after training. You know, I think it's that point. I mean, it's easy to take the piss out of this, but but that is the ethic that we want to see it. I mean, this is all all great stuff to read. I'm just looking at uh, the piece on the news at Denny where Gary Rowett saying that tradition. It's always been said that a club like Mill can uh, would want to sign British players. I mean, that's kind of been our approach as a as a general, including the Irish, the British Isles, shall we say it. We want to sign the best type of player for our style of play and our philosophy. For us, the net can be has to be cast as wide as we can. That's that's music to my ears, Neil. Um, you know, for for too long, we've been a little bit parochial, I think. I mean, well, it's great to see these kinds of players being brought in and um, clearly the rest of the squad can learn something from them. It's great. Yeah, no, it is. I know. Yeah, well, I know we've kind of had our fingers burnt in the past. I can think of the Russians. Yeah, Bob Peters. Peters. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had one or two that haven't really worked out. Um, yeah, yeah. Who was the speedy little winger that came from uh, Juventus? Abu. Oh, Sam- Fafana. Fafana. Abu, Abu. I liked him, but he was. He, he was. He had his. He had his quickness, but he didn't really have the ball control no, to, no. to go with it. So we have had our fingers burnt, but but that's no reason for us not to look again because if you look at clubs like Brentford, I know we bang on about the Brentford mm. method, but they are very good at it. They yeah. do they are very good at finding players, adding value and then selling on. And the Germans do it. Yeah, Borussia Dortmund, what do they pick up uh yeah, they picked up young Bellingham for what fifteen million quid, and they're now going to ask ten, fifteen times that. Yeah, so, well, it's the so, way to go, isn't it? I mean, Brentford have done well, and as you say, you know, at the time the Bellingham signing might have looked expensive, certainly be out of our league, but but now when you look at the resale value, um, it looks cheap. I mean, I think I'm just looking at the uh, report also on London News here, I, I, a new signing, Adomo. In Marku, the Irish boy, um, I think that's very much the intention. You know, it's almost stated in the in the piece that he's, he's seen as a project. Um, we're going to add value to him, and I guess as with Zian, as with Adomo, that at some point, if they improve as per plan, then we'll be looking to resell at profit. That's the way we've got to go. It, it's taken us a long while to get to this stage, but thank God that we got there in the end because. It's the only model that can ever really see us progress, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Nick. I think the buy, sell, repeat type of thing, isn't it? And and yeah, yeah a little while considering that we're on the doorstep of Europe. Yeah, it's only Euro star away, isn't it? And absolutely there, and it just seems to be the one that yeah, it always yeah, it always frustrated me. And when I was on the other place. Mm. Uh, we used to have a place. <laughs> yeah, I don't call him what, yeah, what it was. So <laughs> we stick to the other place. Yeah, but it was frustrating that we didn't look at the foreign market. Uh, yeah, Brentford, I think, had a school teacher who lived in France scouting for them, and it's the kind of model that we should have been looking at 
four, five, six years ago. But I wonder. Um, I, I I wonder. I mean, this is, this is pure speculation on my part, listeners. But I mean, Mill historically has been seen as a fairly stereotyped club, and I think sometimes um, we've had managers that maybe aren't as comfortable with managing guys from abroad. I mean, I, I think Gary Rowett is. I think he's got this kind of media savvy persona, Neil. But I, you know, it, it, not every manager can take on guys from different countries and, and blend them into the squad. And I think maybe that's, at times, I don't know, maybe that's held us back a little bit, whereas other other clubs have not been stuck with, with the same approach um, for whatever reason. But I'm just really pleased to see us looking abroad. We, you know, I think it's great. And we, we've clearly picked up a an absolute gem in Zian Fleming. And I'm hoping that um, Idoma Imaku uh, will also become a similar kind of um, highly polished diamond in our in our crown because that's that's the way we've got to go. Um, let's keep our Definitely. fingers crossed on that. Um, we were going on and on about yeah. the uh, the yeah when I worked on the Sunday Express and I used to deal in football gossip. Yeah, basically that's what wanted from me. Yeah, yeah. We speak to agents and they say Millwall don't want foreign players no and and yeah but that's changed and it's great credit obviously i don't want to see us with a team of six or seven foreign players because i think that would take away from what millwall is you've got to preserve your identity Uh, i suppose you know if you think back to some classic sides now i'm thinking back now to the uh the 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 kind of promotion side 2000 the the tip we've got tim cahill you had lucas neal um, you had uh, some one or two players from the, you know the British Isles in in general, but I suppose they're all from what I would call um, an English speaking British style culture. It's another thing to be reaching onto the continent and bringing in guys that don't come from that that kind of um, approach to life. I'm, I'm picking my words very carefully here, listeners, as you can probably tell. But I just I do think you've got to have a manager that's in place that's able to handle that, and maybe we've not always had that in the past. I do think, you know, without blowing smoke up Gary Rowett's backside, I do think he is that kind of manager. He's a modern manager, and um, I'm hoping this works out for 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 our benefit, especially with these recent signings. And there may be more to come in January. We'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, good to shake off that stereotype, Neil. Um, yeah, no, definitely. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. Unfortunately, after much the much-moved FA Youth Cup tie against um, Arsenal at Boromwood, in the end, finished up as a bit of a walloping for our under-18 side, who um, the reporters having freezing, you know, literally a, a froze on the night in the freezing circumstance, but also frozen in the sense of being a bit overwhelmed by the uh, by the Arsenal side, who would have some really good prospects. It finished six nil uh, in the third round of the FA Youth Cup. I. I don't believe, Neil, that you should be results focused at this age. I know that that will hurt that that result, and you know maybe that a lot of the kids will come away from that feeling very much second best to a very very high quality side. But I think there's always something you can learn from these kinds of experiences, and I, I hope that none of them will take that too much to heart because it sounds like they were beaten by a very good side, and you know. As as has as been reported, but some players froze in in the face of um, a decent side. But that's, that comes with experience, and that will be part of what builds these players up. I'm hoping that um, you know it isn't seen as too much of a disaster, uh, although it won't, it won't have been a pleasant experience for them on the day. Yeah, no, I think as an expression, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's a good expression. <laughs> I like just that. One of those, yeah, but it's just one of those things, isn't it? Uh, I think that. Arsenal probably spend more on their youth budget than Absolutely. we do on by a club. Yeah, they might even spend two or three times more on their youth budget than we do on our internal club. Yeah, their youth setup is probably better than our first team setup. I know they've got a they've got an academy centre at Hale End, haven't they? Up in up at the top yeah. end of Waterstow Way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it's no disgrace. These are the these will be the creme de la creme of your youth players. They don't sign. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they're shopping in Waitrose. We shop in Aldi, don't we? <laughs> 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 yeah, but if you want, yeah, but if you want an expression in youth terms, that's what it's like. They're going after the yeah. very, very, very best, and we're picking up. Players that might have slipped through, that might have gone unnoticed, and that, yeah, there's no two ways about it. You look at our under twenty three side, and I think a lot of them played in that game with, that we narrowly lost to Chelsea two or three years ago. That's right. And uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think we good youth sides, and maybe sometimes you have not so good youth sides, but. 
at the, yeah, well, at the end of the day, the job of the youth side is to produce players for you know, hopefully for your first team. So I first hope they're not this hard. Yeah, I yeah, hope they're not you know. this hard. They probably don't play that standard of opposition all the time because I guess they're in no. a different academy set up to us. And you yeah, just don't read too much into it. They're, as long as they went up there, they gave everything that they could give. It's only natural they're going to freeze because... <laughs> well, they're up <laughs> against know, serious opposition there. Um, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, I hope... I mean, most of the under the the youth um, feeder sides will not generate players that will go on to play for Millwall. Some will, most won't. But I think it's more about them building a career suitable for their level um, and standard of play. I do agree that the purpose of of our system has to be to find. Uh, I'm trying to say the crumbs from the rich man's table, but it's more like finding the undiscovered talent that has somehow fallen through the system. Teams like Arsenal, Chelsea. The, the top sides, Liverpool, Manchester United and all the rest, Manchester City will hoover up the very obvious big talent players. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't do a job. But I just wanted to say well done to the under-18s we're getting so far. And it's no disgrace, in my opinion, to come up against a much, much better opponent on the day. So um, well done to everyone for that. Um just to move us along, Neil, I just wanted to mention our calendar. I've got some more to send out today, listeners. So, um, unfortunately, the post service obviously now is in the Christmas zone. So, uh, I hear that some have already arrived um, from where we sent them the other day. We've generated £482 so far. I'm hoping that will go at least over the £500 mark. Um, this is the Akdung Millwall historical calendar with our uh, team photos from across the years, supplied by Chris Bethel. Some really fantastic pictures in there. Um, and, and I've tried to do a little bit of an explanation piece alongside each team photo to explain what happened that particular season, who was who, top top scorers was, and so, so on. We're going to have some for sale on the uh, head of the Bristol game. I'm going to give some to Kelly to sell out of the Lions Food Hub. Um, we're asking for a tenner uh, as a minimum. I'm going to put some... I've done some little... Um, uh, postcards as well, Neil, with the first ever uh, Millwall team photograph, Millwall Rovers in 1885. And I put it on a postcard. If you want to make take a, photo, a postcard, please do. Uh, if you want to put a little bit of extra coins in the in the pot for the food hub, then you'll be very welcome. So they'll be on the on the counter at the food hub ahead of um, the Thursday night game, and also ahead of the Rotherham game on New Year's Day. Really appre- uh, appreciate everyone's help and contribution. We're hoping to get as close as we possibly can to a £1,000. We'll be certainly over the £500 mark now with it now, and I'm hoping to get closer after those two home games where some may want to give cash, and it will go directly to the food hub. It, it, that Those um, cans will not even involve me. Kelly will get that money straight into the funds. And um, it's a fantastic cause, Neil. And I, I personally believe it's a, it's a great little calendar we put together and it interests any Millwall fan because it gives you a touch of history of our club since 1894 on this particular edition. So I um, just want to say a big thank you to everybody. Yeah, well, you never guessed that Nick used to work in housing. Yeah, but you thought he'd have worked in sales with that pitch. That was, I can't even, yeah, but I can't even top that with a bit of sarcasm. <laughs> Yeah, well, a bit of Bob Geldof, give us your fucking money, <laughs> Give us your fucking money. <laughs> it's only a tenner. 
Um, and you can have a free um, postcard with the first ever, ever Millwall Rovers side photograph. Uh, yeah, no, but it is a brilliant cause, Nick. And it's a great calendar. It's something that you put a great deal of thought and effort into every year. And, uh, and yeah, well, like I said a couple of weeks ago, you're guaranteed that this calendar will not be out of date in January no. because body's dead. Nobody's going to move <laughs> clubs. Yeah. It's funny. So, I was just looking at the um, the Millwall site, the club site. They, they've got their obviously the club produced an official calendar, which is in colour. It's bigger. It's more colourful than our one, but it runs a risk that it'll be out of date inside at the end of January if if we sell <laughs> someone. <laughs> but there we That's are. Like the um, Fleming isn't Mister January. <laughs> <laughs> Do get them both. Get them both. Get them both. Get our one as well, though, because it goes to a good, good cause. And do if you want to bung in a, a pound or two extra for the um, uh, the postcard, please do because I, 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 these these are nice little photographs of the. Uh, I might do a few more postcards actually because I think that's quite a nice way for people to put fifty p in or a pound or whatever. It all helps, and it goes to a great cause. Achtung, Open. I noticed. That we're hoping to make one or two signings. Very yeah. exciting. Very, Very exciting. <laughs> I think we need them. Uh, yeah, well, I look forward to the Gary Rowett annual quote. We've got irons in the fire, which I think has been used <laughs> by every Millwall manager since the day dot. <laughs> well, I think Mark McGee didn't Mark McGee begin that phrase he was always had irons in the fire um, it's quite a... Kenny Jackett always had irons in the fire, in the fire. it's quite a picturesque old fashioned old fashioned phrase isn't it? it puts you in mind of a roaring open fire in, in some rural <laughs> cottage <Irons> somewhere in... <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah no. we do need one or two to be honest uh, do one if we're going to press on yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, exactly. Although I did notice that we're linked with Pistorius. Is it the Hibernian central defender that I think we've looked at once or twice? Uh, I'm not sure we need a central defender. I'd say we need, yeah, we definitely need somebody out wide, <laughs> if not two people out wide. Depends upon the manager's thoughts. And we'd probably need yeah. another four. Somebody that can stick the ball in the back of the net. We mentioned a uh, Palace player the other day, didn't we? I, I, I don't have his name to hand now. It was a Palace um, yeah, player. He's, he's been a chong. Um, yeah, I can't, no. yeah but I can't remember what he's called. And let's face it, if he's at the spotters, yeah, yeah we have a look where they are in the table. And uh, thanks, but no thanks, unless he's Lionel Messi. <laughs> Reincarnate. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Um, well, he might not be if he's been through Charlton and not not made an impact there and gone back to Crystal Palace. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's very unfair to um, assess players or to, to you can't assess them. All you can do is guess at how good they're going to be. Um, well, I, I think am. a lot depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the atmosphere. I mean, I do believe Millwall is a welcoming club, and I do believe that players improve when they come to our our, our, our side and. Uh, yeah, the chance option. to play regular first team football for the boy if he's if he's on the fringes of the Palace Premier League squad um, and he's looking to break into that, then this is a good place to come to, Neil. But 
we'll see. I do, I do agree with you. I do agree. We need we need something extra going forwards. We're we're just not quite there at the moment. And there's a massive chance. We've we've already said at the start of the show that uh, you know this this is a big a, a big opportunity for for a lot of teams, and we need to grab that opportunity. Um, so fingers crossed that uh, we, we we get some we get some new personality in because I think that could be the the decider between mid table and and pressing ahead. So fingers crossed on that front. Something um, I did notice in this London News Online today was that. I think it was the London, London News Online, or was it News at Den? It was one of the two. That Murray Wallace mm. harbors international ambitions. And Does he? he wouldn't, and I would have thought that you need to play a little bit better than you have done this season so far, Muzzer, if you want to play for the jocks. Because I would have thought I'm more likely to get a cap than you, and I, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't qualify. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... yeah, I Murray this season. I don't know about you, Nick. I think. He was. He's been outstanding the majority of times since he came to us, but I think that this season, I think he suffered a lot. He doesn't look Murray Wallace, does he? Just no. There's something um, lacking there. How how old is he now, Murray? He must be past thirty, is he? I, I, I'm going to have a look while I'm talking to make it sound like I had this prepped up, listeners. I didn't. I'm just going to be looking. But what I do would say is is I go around in circles because I love Murray Wallace to bits. I think most Mill fans do. I think we all see something of ourselves in his willingness to work hard and, you know, make himself undroppable as he's, as he's really done for a large chunk of his career. But I do think you're right, Neil. I think that quality, quality tells, doesn't it? And unfortunately, you can't fake it. Um, and he's been a bit exposed a few times. Maybe it's the the way the squad is. Maybe there's not enough in front of him to enable him to you know not be exposed. I don't know. Um, I I, wonder, I don't haven't seen enough to to generate international level um, you know interest for him for Scotland um, this season. Thirteen um, like, in January. There it is. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah, now it's probably now or never if he is going to make it for for the Scottish national. I'd love to see him do it. I'd love to see him get recognition internationally. And I think he's got Robertson, the Liverpool in front of him, isn't he? So, yeah, so he's, he's going to have to go some. He's going to have to go some. Um, let's be honest. Yeah, but then but, again, um, you know, it's not bad to have this dream, is it? To be honest, and it's good and to be ambitious. Last, yeah, well, last season I'd said he'd have been worth a place in the Scotland squad. But but on his yeah. form, on his form this season, uh, it's, it's hard yeah, to see that, it. Yeah, well, I know Scott Malone suffered with a lack of form earlier in the season, got dropped, and when he's come in once or twice recently, he's looked to be the old Scott Malone, hasn't he? I do wonder um, that we we don't have much in front of him on the left side, do we? I mean, we we tend not to be we're not we're not really geared up to protect the back four in the in the way maybe a old school four four two formation might have done, um, and I think that maybe that's not helped his calls this season. It's you know I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him do well. Um, I think it takes a very hard hearted person not to love it when Murray Wallace gets forward. Does the Cruyff turn? Plays that the old pass that connects and looks a bit like Johan Cruyff in his heyday. These are the moments you live for, Neil. You know, um, and it's, you know, it's sad a, to see him on the boil. 
Yeah, no, he's a good Millwall player. He's the type of player that if we had 11 Murray Wallaces in the side, trying every, giving everything, we wouldn't go far wrong. But I just think that this season, his performances haven't been as good as no. they've been previously. And uh, yeah, it's good to have the ambition that he wants to play for his country. But... Yeah, but I think I've got more chance at the minute. and I, thought I'd <laughs> think be... you might be right. I think you might be right there, mate. Um, just to move us along, um, I just wanted to give an update, listeners, if I may, Neil. About a year ago, I did a, uh, a crowdfund for a plaque for Bob Hunter, our manager from uh, our first manager in the Football League, uh, coach on the Isle of Dogs. One of the stalwarts of the of the Millwall Athletic side pre First World War, I would say almost, if not quite a founding father, Neil, but certainly one of the founding figures of of our club. And I wanted to get one of these our wall um, plaques put up. We got about five hundred quid together. I paid for the the plaque on the um, the club website, uh, four hundred ninety nine pounds to be exact for a, a decent sized plaque to go on the our wall marking Bob Hunter's um, position in our, you know, in our club. Unfortunately, there's a problem with the, these plaques, the company that uh, fit them, which was builders, our wall on our website. It's a, apparently it's a company that does work across a number of football league and, and premier league clubs. Um, I, I think they do exist, but I think they've gone into a bit of a, a bit of a tailspin at the moment. I, I don't think they're a functioning company at the minute, and that's a very unsatisfactory situation from from my our point of view. I, I believe that the club are trying to deal with it legally at the moment. So um, I don't know if I'm telling tales out of school in saying that, but I, that's the situation. So not only are we the only order outstanding, there are others too. So um, I think. We're, 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 we're going to work with a club, we're going to work with the MSC to see what we can do to mark Bob Hunter's name at the ground. And I, I want to work on that. Um, the plaque situation, I think, may be going down a, a road where um, it's in the hands of the club to, to resolve it. Um, but I just wanted to bring people up to date because I took money off of people. Fundamentally, I feel like I've let people down a bit in a way because we took money for a crowdfund and we haven't been able to deliver the plaque that we said we would. That is out of our hands at the minute, but we're going to work with the club to see what else we can do to mark Bob's name. And I think it's important that we do mark his name, Neil. Um, yeah, I'm no, hung- we were know. talking about a podcast, weren't we, and that too. Yeah. The market, I don't think you... Yeah, but it's unfortunate that you've crowdfunded this and that the company's gone bust, so it's obviously no reflection upon you and uh i think the club the company exists but it looks like it's a one man i've done a little bit of research into it listeners but i'm not an investigative journalist it does still exist um it looks like it's a one-man band but i don't think they're trading at the moment that's going to be something that's in the hands of mill football club to resolve um i don't know where that's going to finish at the moment we'll, we'll, we'll keep people updated as best we can um, but I thought by the, by as we, we're doing this podcast, it goes to a lot of people, and some of those would have contributed to the, uh, the, the crowdfund. And it's been a long while, and I just wanted to I let people know where we're at with it. I've just had a thought. Hmm. Obviously, we've got a wide listenership, yeah. and we've got people that that have got varying skills. If we have got a monumental mason, I believe, and. Hmm and who could make us up a plaque, 
uh, I'm sure that you will have the undying gratitude of those people that have uh, that have crowdfunded, and I'm sure that we could persuade the club to put up a plaque if there is somebody out there that does have those skills or knows somebody who could well, give us a shout. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, if any, I, I I know little about the world of stone masonry, but if anyone does know anything of it give us a shout that's an interesting me on twitter you can find nick on twitter yeah uh, uh, you can find me on facebook uh just give us a shout and if somebody can help bob hunter was a colossal figure in the early history of millwall he brought a lot of players down from scotland that helped put us on the map when we first joined the southern league mm. and then he was with the club when we went into the football league, as Nick said. So, and he's somebody that has been forgotten. And I know Nick and myself, we're planning to do a podcast on him and we will do a podcast on him, but we wanted to do it to coincide with an unveiling. So people had a little bit of knowledge of who Bob Hunter was. Yeah. Uh, but if there is somebody out there that can help us get in touch and uh, I'm sure the club would only be too willing to let us, put up a plaque uh, in in some part of the club. I'd, yeah, but I'd quite like us to have a wall somewhere where we could have a Millwall Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've been talking to Catherine from the MSC about this because similar kind of idea, a Hall of Fame is a, is the precise term I think she, she wants to, to uh, move towards. And I think it's a great idea to mark. There are many other figures. Bob is, is an outstanding, Bob Hunter is an outstanding figure in our history. We, we've, we've mentioned him a good few times for the reason that um, he, he put us on the map. That You could go as far to say as, but for Bob Hunter's efforts, um, Mill FC wouldn't be the club that we all follow to, to this day. He died in office. He died at the age of 71. And as Millwall manager, he passed away whilst in office as Millwall manager. So huge figure. I think it's right that we mark it. Anyway, I just wanted to bring people up to date to where we're at with that. And if there is anyone out there that has anything to do with, with stone masonry or plaques, metallic or, or stone, I don't know, um, give us a shout. It'd be, it'd be great to see what we can do and at least mark his, his, his contribution somewhere. Um, I think it's important. And there, there will be others. I think you're right. I think the Hall of Fame is a is a cracking idea. Um, and I'd love to see that come to I know the MSC would love to uh, see it come to pass too. So let's let's press on that. That's that's uh, that's a good idea. Good God, uh, I, yeah, well, I actually agree with the MSC on something. There we are. There we are. We, we're, recon we, <laughs> we're reconciling the... Uh, we're going to move on to the Palestine-Israeli question next and bring them together. Um <laughs> One final thing I just wanted to mention, or two final things, Neil, before we close. Um, I've been doing a few Listed Lions shows recently, listeners. I don't know if um, anyone's listened to them. I really enjoy doing these Listed Lions shows. And if you'd like to be a Listed Lion, if you want to tell your story, particularly, particularly if we have any older listeners, um, I just think it's a brilliant way to record a conversation um, with someone who's, you know, experienced the club in the past, um, as far back as you like. The, the longer the, the experience, the better. And I'd like to get as many of these listed line shows done as I possibly can do over the months ahead because I just think they're wonderful records of um, a life, you know, a, a life lived around our club. And I just I really enjoyed doing them. So if you know anyone or if you want to be a listed lion, 
uh, give us a shout. I've got some standard questions I can send you, but really it's about the conversation around those basic questions. And I always enjoy doing them. So give me a shout. Give Neil a shout if you follow him on, on Twitter and we can see what we can put together. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd give them a bit of a boost. Um, and they'll be safe for my questioning as well. I've got nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't have to answer nonsensical questions from... <laughs> You get questions from Nick. Every time I do one, I've got like a, I've nicked the idea. I mean, I don't claim it as a copyrighted Nick Hart idea. It's not. I've nicked it off of um, Robert Elms used to do it on on the uh, listed Londoners, and I nicked the idea of him. But that's always the the best ideas are always stolen, aren't they? Um, but I always think every time I do it, I've got about ten questions. I, think, I want to really change some of these questions. I never ever do. So you'll get the basic ten questions. That I always think. Oh, I ought to change some of these. But yeah, you can admit you nick it, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the world of Millwall media, not everyone <laughs> can admit they nick stuff. <laughs> well, you do. I mean, everyone's. It's like music, Neil. Every every band is influenced by somebody, and you know, you, you, off everyone in this life in journalism, journalism, writing, whatever you want, film, TV, yeah, you name it. Everybody um, nicks off everyone else. It's the not key. Like, the key is to bring your own spin to it and put yourself into it and make it something that is yours. And I've tried to do that with these listed. I've done a few over the time. I, I, they've gone off the board a little bit, but I've revived them recently. And I, I thought, I don't know why I left them so long. Yeah, I just did the other week. Yeah. And somebody that had been around in the 70s and he was describing how his match day in the 70s, I think it was. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, no, I'd, I'd love to do some more like that. So give us a shout. Um, everyone's story is different. Everyone, I mean, some of the some of the memorable games and some of the memorable players tend to follow certain patterns, but that doesn't demean them. Um, certainly any stories you can tell around going to Millwall over the years, 70s, 60s. Um, I just think they're great records of uh, increasing the time that's gone, the life that's gone. So, you know, wonderful stuff. Uh, give me a shout. Um I think we've reached the end of my sketched agenda here, Neil. I just wanted to close by thanking you, mate, for your effort. Doing this week and week out is, um, it's a you know, it, it's it takes effort, and I just want to say thank you to you for always uh, pitching up and doing these recordings because um, otherwise it's a monologue by me, and that's not as interesting to listen to. So, I just want to say thank you to you. Yeah, no problem, mate. Uh, yeah, but it appears if we've got a fan base, <laughs> we had <laughs> we had a we had a we had a message um, saying how much they enjoy one of the listeners. I won't name them. Uh, how much they enjoy something for the weekend shows, and we I, I thought that's 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 a fan base <laughs> we've got following. <laughs> we've got to do a show. That's, we've got to do a show now because we have a fan out there. So um, yeah, no, well, yeah, no, it's a great thing. It's just our spin on. It's just our. Really? On the yeah, but on the Millwall news, I know people want us to to look at games in more depth, but that's not what this show's really about. This show is about our take on the Millwall news, rightly or wrongly. I know you've all probably got your bingo cards ready, and you're going to be sadly <laughs> disappointed today because I've not ever mentioned that word. <laughs> no woke bingo this week, listeners. It, it won't pay out. Mention it. 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 
it'll be a rollover this week. It's got to be you that mentions it, not me. It's got the, the the bingo is when Neil mentions the W word, and this week is a rollover. So we'll we'll pay out next 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 time we do one of these shows. Yeah, two um, fruit pastels. <laughs> yeah, it's two fruit pastels. Neil, big thank you. Happy Christmas to you, mate. Happy Christmas to all of the listeners out there. Um, Let's hope for three points at, uh, at Vickery's Road on Boxing Day. I might do a show after that. And Neil and I will be back um, maybe next week, Neil. We've got we've got a Friday before the um, the Rotherham game, so we can probably catch up then, mate. So um, until the next edition from Neil Fischl and I, it's Happy Christmas. Yeah, Merry um, Christmas, everybody, and Merry Christmas, Nick. And uh... Yeah. Have a good one. A dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.